This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to break the silence and open up the dialogue around the topics of miscarriage and baby loss. No more shame. No more taboo. Let's ditch it for the sake of our children. The ones who are, the ones who will come. And in memory of the ones who never came to be. This is the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to this other special episode of the Worst Girl Gang Ever. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I feel like we need like canned laughter or applause or something after that bit. Feels like a an old like eighties game show. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did definitely have that vibe. Come on down. Yeah. Michael Barrett. Oh no, Michael Barrett's not around no. anymore. No, and we probably wouldn't want him anyway, would he? I don't think we. I don't know. I can't keep up with who the perverts were these days. <laughs> oh dear. Is yeah, flipping egg. I know. I really like. I'm really conflicted in this because I really like um, Michael Jackson music and R. Kelly, and I feel like you know when you do the shout outs for the playlist on a Friday in the Warriorship, like they're some of my favourite tunes are by Pervs, and I feel like I can't can't listen to that music anymore. No, no. I and do. I... I just feel like I can't publicly listen to that music anymore. You know, don't want other people to know that I listen to that music. And I've just said it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well done, mate. Um, no. Whilst you got Michael Jack, very best of <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's, t- it's tough because the world seems to be, it seems to be on the news all the time, isn't it? Mm. Poor old Hugh Edwards. Well, not poor old Hugh Edwards. I don't know. I don't think we can comment on socially political stuff. No, no, actually, I did shouldn't. put a little next week. This week, actually, I wrote the, wrote the captions. I wrote some new captions for Instagram this week, and there's a little nod to the state of the House of Commons. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So that was, but that I feel like that's a polit- as political as we should probably get. Yeah, let's not go down that road too much. Anyway, today's episode is about. It's all about the work, 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 work. work, work. work. <laughs> I can't yes. That happened authentically. <laughs> even rehearse that. Um, yeah, work, work, colleagues, other feelings, returning to work, careers. So we'll, we're going to try and cover everything a little bit. We're going to delve. Um, let's delve in. Well, let's delve into working life. So, Bex, tell me about your work. What were you doing when you went through your loss? Oh, well, mate, I wasn't doing very much because it was COVID and I'm a wedding photographer. Are you an Australian wedding photographer? (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) 
depends what mood I'm in. Uh, yeah, so so when I was, and I suppose that was fortunate in a sense, right? Because it means that I didn't have to go to work because it was um, proper lockdown, you know, number one lockdown, lockdown when no one literally knew what was going to happen or or what was going on. We were still on. fearing for our lives at that point. Yeah, yeah. So there was no weddings. Um, also, annoyingly, no furlough, but that's that's another thing. But mm. yeah, so I, did, I, I didn't have to make the decision whether to, and, and that I imagine would have been a really difficult decision because obviously when you're a wedding photographer, when you plan a wedding, I'm booked like years in advance. So it's not the sort of thing, which also then went on to really um, make everything more difficult in terms of trying to conceive. Like I'm sure there, there'll be other wedding photographers listening who find that limbo land really, really challenging with work because it's not like other jobs where you just take three months or, or you know you, you you tell them about your pregnancy after however many weeks you have to tell them mm. and that's it. you don't have to think about it again because you've done your bit it's really it's really challenging and you can fall in the trap very much of putting your life on hold which is something we'll come to what do but people do do you do you like hook up with another wedding photographer photographer another photographer like cover each other yeah that's exactly that's oh, exactly. okay so we'll come we'll come we'll come to that in a bit but but going back to going back to work I um used to and I haven't actually gone back to doing it I used to do newborn shoots as well Mm. and the first um inquiry I had for newborn shoot when I think Covid must have still been around because I'm pretty sure it was like September well it was July we were allowed to go to people's gardens right yeah yeah and it was so that that so it was may and then everyone cancelled their weddings so i had all these cancelled weddings that were going to rebook the following year and then it was september i had my first newborn inquiry and i just couldn't do it i just didn't mm. want to do it yeah. because even the thought of doing it was horrendous and i haven't done any newborn shoots since mm. and that's not really any more due to being triggered it's just something i moved away from and never went back to but that was definitely that was the point that I moved away yeah and it makes me think when we talk to midwives and people oh, that God, yeah. you know I've, I'm lucky in that I have a a selection of things that I, I can do weddings I can do families I can do whereas when you're a teacher or a, a healthcare assistant or a or, or a midwife or a nurse nursery, or a yeah. nurse or nursery you work in a in a place of childcare, or even um we've spoken to people who work in social services, you know, and you're removing children from homes that are unstable and all that stuff. I, me, me not turning away a newborn shoot makes me realize how absolutely impossible returning to work must be for some Mm. people, how traumatic and how triggering and how that it wasn't it returning to work for me wasn't a big, big thing. Whereas for some it must weigh heavy on them as soon as they've had their loss. Yeah. That that thought, the thought of having to go back and be surrounded by children or pregnant people or newborn babies or whatever it happens to be. I think everyone worries about how much time they should take off. Um, yeah. And it varies on the person and also the, I guess, the work policy as well. But things are changing now so that it goes down as miscarriage leave rather than like as a as a bereavement leave rather than a sick leave 
Um, yeah, because you ha- like there. We've spoken to people who have had to take holiday, mm. haven't they? They've had to take holiday if they want any more time off, or they've been told, you know, your sick leave. You can't have you can't have that. Well, many you can self certify for seven days, can't you? And then after that, it depends if you you got to get an appointment with your GP. But if they will do a sick note for it, um, but then it goes down as as sick leave, and that's not good. You're not sick you're bereaved right yeah and that's I, I think that's a real big problem even in the terminology is the invalidation of your experience mm. is like oh you were ill well, no actually I wasn't I lost my baby mm. and my life has changed forever and that yeah. it, it, and, and I, the misunderstanding there is is the sort of that's dramatic mm. I think people worry that they're thinking that they're being they're attention seeking perhaps or that they're being melodramatic or all of those things that we know we know that people worry about because we've heard people share their concerns and their worries yeah it all contributes towards this feeling of we can't talk about this or the feeling of it's it's you're not valid your baby didn't exist to anyone but you although it feeds into the fact there's no that not every company has a miscarriage policy and and that miscarriage leave has only just been passed that has fed into this idea that it's not a big deal hasn't Mm. it yeah so anything past 24 weeks people are entitled to full maternity leave Mm. Um, but anything before that it's well I don't know what the law is now is it law now I don't know we should definitely know we should definitely know that how bad but um I know I mean, definitely until recently, there was no no leave at, uh, allocated at all, um, like legally, like nationally. It was um, it was up to the company. Um, but th- things are moving in the right direction and it is something that's being spoken about. That's why we're unclear on it, because it's it's like all, all happening right now. Um, but I mean, I had if well. I had lots of losses so some of them I had two weeks off after an operation others I just wore a pad to work and mm. then there were some sort of in betweens a few days or one week um but yeah I think it all depends on how well supported you are by your workplace um in how long you feel that you can take off and also need to take off if you know that you're going to be supported back you might be able to I don't know it depends what you do but you might be able to work from home or you might be able to do a phase return if your company are understanding and they can sort of shield you from anything that might be too triggering yeah um, and you might want to go back early yeah I, I think I was going to say I think it depends on you as a person as well because again I know I've referred to it a lot but the Jess and Jules podcast um I think it I can't remember if it was Jess or Jules but one of them really wanted to go back to work just mm-hmm. to keep their mind occupied to keep themselves yeah. ticking over and that's fine too like you shouldn't feel like you have you sh- have to co- take a long period of time off work and you know what sometimes you might go back to work and then realize that you've gone back too early mm-hmm. and that's a difficult situation because you feel like you've committed then to going back to work and it's more difficult but you absolutely you are so within your rights and within well I don't know about your you know your corporate from your work perspective rights but you're so within your emotional rights to actually say 
no, this was too soon. I I can't I can't do it just now. I'm going to try again in a week or two weeks or yeah. whatever. You need to you need to be doing what's right for you because I think with a, the a lot of what we hear is people that do do that. They go back to work. They realize it's too early, but they feel like they've committed to going back to work, so they stay at work. And actually, everything blows up a month, six weeks later because they haven't yeah. had to process what they've been through. And then they get triggered by something or something comes up. Yeah. They can't deal with it as, as well as they perhaps could have done had they taken that time for themselves and worked through their emotions and the way they were feeling in order to come to a place of understanding, acceptance and readiness. So the warriorship, we wanted to come and tell you a little bit about it, didn't we, Bex? And in case you're already going, why? We don't want to know about a fucking ship. The Warriorship is our online membership for warriors in this community. It's packed full of stuff. So we just want to tell you about some of the stuff. All of the content from all of the courses that we ever run is in the Warriorship. So there's loads to get your teeth into. And we are also developing modules for what happens after. But not only that, we've also got a ton of educational workshops running once a month in the coming months we have got body positivity workshop gratitude workshop and loads 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 more and on top of that we also have a resident mental health specialist and on top of that if if that wasn't enough there's 13 events every month and there's stuff popping up all the time as well that other people are organizing that you can be a part of so it really is thriving and all you have to do is head to the link in our bio or visit our website and you can be a part of this too we love to see you there i don't think the actual work is the difficult bit for most people apart from all of those uh vocations and jobs that you listed earlier like the midwifery and teaching and things like that for most most people doing the work is not the tricky bit sometimes your concentration might lapse or you get distracted and and things like that but on the whole if you you can just sort of plod on doing your job it's all of the other stuff it's the workplace that is Mm. the difficult thing to deal with I think yeah yeah Um, definitely and we do these um, uh, like workplace webinars and we do one for, for HR and management and we do another one for colleagues and people going through loss themselves. And one thing that we talk about a lot is um, being sensitive to not just loss, but fertility problems as well, being sensitive in the workplace. Because when you're at work, you're there and you're trying to do your best. Most people take a lot of pride in their work and they... They want to be good at their job and be focused. And and then all of a sudden, you know what it's like, just this happens all the time in everyday life. Something will happen. Something will trigger you and you. Your concentration's gone and you're no longer focused. You're crying in the loose. You're texting your best mate like how, you know, why, why her and not me or so-and-so has just announced their pregnancy and they would have been due at the same time as me or old Deirdre won't stop fucking talking about how gorgeous her grandchildren are I want to give my mum a grandchild and whatever it may be the triggers are everywhere yeah or or like in work they hit you differently because you're you're really trying to put on that game face and carry on 
yeah or like we talked about before like oh we're having a whip round for so-and-so's baby shower or so-and-so's mm-hmm. baby and you know that stuff that comes out of nowhere the stuff that you cannot possibly predict isn't it well someone told us about the time when they were about to give a big presentation in the boardroom and um I don't know if this was on a podcast or on a zoom on, on a zoom call but it was on a zoom Someone was about to give a big presentation in the boardroom. Everyone sat around and then someone else they put their baby scan picture up on the screen to announce their pregnancy. Like, surprise, guess who? And then this girl, one of the gang, had to then go and give this big presentation afterwards, feeling completely triggered and upset and all out of sorts. Well, how do you not like- fair at all? How do you can't you can't come back? If I think about you know stuff that stuff that you can't predict that comes out of nowhere, you completely lose your shit afterwards. Mm. And I guarantee that 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 lady who did, who that happened to did not perform as she could have done following no. that. And you no. don't know what the knock on effect of that, like who else was there and what else happened. And and of course the person that that did it would never have imagined that that would be such a shattering experience for our lady but that and that's basically why we've designed these webinars to um to educate people within the workplace to kind of if there are any announcements to put them in an email at the beginning or the end of the week and so so that you know if there's anyone who's fallen pregnant ready to announce da, 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 it will be in one of those two emails and you can read it in your own time or read it yeah. five minutes before you go home or whatever so to get these systems in place just so it's a less triggering environment to to work in but the fact is that you will face triggers at work because it's an area so much out of our control. Um, and there will be so many people within the workplace that you don't have a relationship with. So won't necessarily know what you've been through. Yeah. And, and there's also a lot of people that don't want to share what they've been through. Yeah. Because if you think about people in their careers, there shouldn't be any discrimination when it comes to women wanting to have families sadly there is or people feel like there is it'd be different in different companies but people feel like they can't let their workplace know that they are going to be having a baby and obviously going through baby loss um is going to be the biggest clue that that person is heading for about trying for a baby yeah. yeah um so i think that's really hard and a lot of people feel very conflicted about whether to speak to work to get support that they need or whether to keep Sturm for the sake of their careers. Such a, it's, that is such an unfair predicament to be in, isn't it? I would hope that people have someone on the inside that they can be honest with and that they, you know, might maybe your line manager is your friends with your line manager and they can support you and the people above them don't need to know. Or maybe you've got a colleague that can be that, that person that you, speak to 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 vent and share your feelings yeah I hope I hope everyone has that person someone that is confidential like a member of your HR team who you know that it's not going to go any further I know but we've got a couple of girls that we're friends with from the gang who are HR managers right and it's the hardest part of their job I'm not saying you shouldn't go to HR because that you know that is their role but maybe yeah, just be mindful that there might be something. No, I mean like a designated person. What the hardest part of their job is when someone comes to them and says, I'm pregnant. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I was talking specifically about baby loss. So if you have a designated um, and 
um, confidential person within the company. That's what they yeah. should really. So that some people know. do, don't they? Some of the companies yeah. that we've worked with, they have someone um, to people to signpost people to. Yeah. And I think the other thing about how to make it easier at work is building up your resilience as a, on a whole, as a whole, and that you need time for and you need the the, the emotional tools. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said it like that. You need the emotional tools. You need to to know how how to do that, and that takes time, doesn't it? That's mm-hmm. longer than a two week job of sitting watching Orange Is the New Black. Is it? Yeah. Is that what it's called, or is it Black Is mm-hmm. the New Orange? Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. Because that's um, stuff that you need to work on. Yeah, and I think if you work, if you're listening to this and you work for a company and you have any sort of sway over policies or training or anything like that do get in touch um because you know the training that that we provide is brilliant but also just creating the um what's the word like the workplace environment making it a a place where it's something that culture yeah something that is spoken about and that is Mm -hmm. normalized so that when sadly someone else does go through it they feel like they can talk about it and it doesn't need to be kept a secret yeah this is really paving the way territory isn't it it's mm. um i can't there's a fancy kind of buzzword for it but i can't we're not remember. very good at our words today no are we? oh, i think we're all right i think we're doing all right <laughs> pioneering pioneering is what I'm looking for this is like the sort of pioneering you know, you could be a pioneer within your own company by pushing these things to the forefront of people, other people's minds. And it's been really nice for us to be able the last two years, I think, during Baby Loss Awareness Month, we've given these webinars. Is it two or is it one? I can't well, remember. This will be the second year. This will be the second year. So it's been nice for us because we've been contacted by so many of the companies that we work with. And we're not talking like small companies we're talking about like the big guns like Coca-Cola and Nationwide and Google and all these companies that we work with have contacted afterwards and said, oh, um, just wanted to say that, you know, after the after the webinar, so-and-so came up to me and he said this and him and his wife are going through it and da 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 And I think that a lot, it's been really helpful for the male side of things as well or the, mm-hmm. the, the non-carrying partner because they are the ones that really struggle with support I mean we all do obviously struggle with this but giving um the non-carrying partner a a voice in it as well and that support at work that they need and the support will look different won't it It needs to look different yeah helping them understand how to support their partner back at home will help them be more effective at work because while we suffer the loss physically and go back to work, you know, we are, it's for us, it's like, oh, should I go back to work? Shouldn't go. Balls in my court in that way to a degree. For, for the, the non-pregnant partner, you go back to work straight away, but you, you still live that experience. And that can be really hard as well, because more than likely you're going to, your mind is not going to be on your job. Your mind is going to be back at home with your partner, wishing you would be able to be back there. Yeah. Haven't been able to take the the annual leave or whatever that you've had to take. Um, worrying that they're okay worrying you know if they're in a really bad way like that they're um, not not going to be in any kind of dangerous situation and 
And that must be hard as well. So to be able to open up about that side of things to in your workplace environment is hugely, hugely important. And we talk a little bit, bit, bit about that in our webinars as well. And we offer um, corporate discount on our membership so that that is an option for companies to buy either their to, to you know, get a, a membership to the warriorship, either for their female or carrying partners or for the partners of oh god I said to partners so many times because I'm yeah. trying to be I'm trying to not say male and female because we're inclusive <laughs> but you know what I mean like, I know I know what you mean I doubt anyone listening knows but I know <laughs> it's, we want to Part, make it partners 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 we partners. want to make it as easy as possible for the yeah. work to support the normal pregnant partner as well as the pregnant partner yeah, and we know that some of the time um, the non-pregnant partner, their biggest worry is supporting the partner, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we should think about another word apart from partner. Yeah. Hey, partner. Hey. Um, when I was thinking about the workplace, in the lead up to recording this, um, I was thinking about when I worked on the wards. So there's probably lots of people listening who work in female dominated um, workplaces, right? You made that sound quite sexual. Did I? I did, yeah. What, because I said dominated? Yeah, you, it was that. <laughs> it was definitely the dominated. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I just wanted to highlight it really because it's really fucking hard, really hard to be. I mean, I worked on a ward where it was it was it was the unit that everyone went to work in when they first qualified because it was exciting and um, like fast paced, and so it was full of women of childbearing age, and there was a chair at the desk. No, oh, don't yeah. sit in that chair; you'll get pregnant. And I used to sit in it all the time. And in fairness, I did used to get pregnant all the time, but it didn't last. Yeah. Um, but it's really difficult. So, you know, I'm a nurse. These are 12 and a half hour shifts. You get there at seven o'clock in the morning. By half past seven, you're doing your drug round and someone's announcing they're pregnant. And and then you've got to put your game face on and struggle on for the rest of the day. Yeah, um, God, that's hard. And, so yeah. hard. And then and the other side of it is that you work in the hospital where you also lose your babies so you're constantly you know people who, who are triggered by going back to the hospital where they've lost a baby or walking down that corridor or whatever it happens every every time you go to work and then mm. I tell you the worst thing is the hospital entrance with all the babies in the car seats yeah. It's tough. There's, there's. I mean, that's obviously very specific and kind of niche, if you like. But yeah. there, there's, it's, there's stuff like that mm-hmm. in every for every place, isn't there? Like, yeah. like teaching and, oh yeah, it's just yeah, like all the ones you mentioned earlier. They've all got their their triggers. I just think midwifery must be the hardest thing to do. Yeah, literally but bringing in new life. We've spoken to midwives who have said that they've been they've been okay and they've been able to completely compartmentalize what's yeah. going on. 
it's true almost all of the ones that we've spoken to have said the same haven't they yeah and their job is just their job and then they're they 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 focus on the or they you know the other side of things is the other side of things and they don't put the two I wonder if we spoke to an early pregnancy nurse whether they would say the same because that's literally that's their bread and butter is miscarriages or threatened miscarriages isn't it yeah it's or even like a sonographer Mm. so it's there's so many jobs there's so many jobs where it must be I mean it's hugely triggering triggering for anyone to go back to work but there's so many jobs where it must have that added layer of pain and I think lots of women that we've spoken to for lots of women that we've spoken to the thought of going back to work has been worse than going back to work itself yeah and that I think that's the same with a lot of things like you because you live so entirely in your head the thought of things are worse than they actually are so there's an element of that sometimes you're going back to work and there's an element of taking one step forward two steps back you know when you put yourself back out there and you get you get triggered and you feel knocked and you come home and you lick your wounds and then you get up and you try again and it's exhausting it's all exhausting and then there's this Mm. so what we're going to talk about earlier is this this strange limbo land that you exist in whereby you don't organize anything you don't book anything for years in advance because you don't know whether you might be pregnant and that's very much where I was with weddings especially because my I lost my baby in May and that was COVID so all the weddings that I had booked then rebooked for the following year which made me think like oh my god I can't like I can't even try for a baby now because Mm. I've got or even if you do get pregnant you're like is it going to stick um, yeah exactly or am I going to cancel all these weddings for nothing and mm. and in the end it was really for me and that's that was the very nature of 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 wedding that is the very nature of wedding photography you do get booked a year or two in advance so you can't put your life on hold and as you said I have a a group of <laughs> that I just oh do you you've got a whole group of people that yeah help each other out a, a Brighton Brighton based photographer whatsapp group and also a, a bigger facebook um photography group and and there's people like referrals all the time and i can't do this and oh, consult okay. this. there's lots and lots and lots of pregnancy oh, i just found out i'm pregnant which means that these i can't do my weddings next year who could right. do that and then um and on the whole actually it was hard as well because then um the weddings that i had rebooked from covid and then i thought i'm just going to take more bookings because I don't know what's going to happen. And then I fell pregnant in the October and I was really, really didn't want to cancel any of the weddings because I felt like it was a bad omen. Mm-hmm. And that if I can't you jinx yourself. Yeah, I jinx myself. Yeah. So, but then you're caught in this weird place of like, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to, like, mm-hmm. I can't leave it. How long do I leave it before I say to these people, I can't shoot your wedding anymore? and really let them down like I can't it's not fair it wouldn't be fair of me ethically to leave it till I was however many weeks if their wedding was only a few weeks later yeah so what did you what did you do just give them the heads up that no I so uh, well I mean it was lucky for me it first of all it was I was very fortunate in that obviously the pregnancy was all fine um hang on you were doing weddings not long after you had the baby, right? No, I did. No, four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's not long. No, it's not long. And actually, I cancelled as few as I could. I should have cancelled more. Yeah. 
you know, I should have. And that's a learning curve, isn't it? I, I went back to work way too early after. But um, you don't think about that. So I didn't think about that at the time. You know, I was just so grateful that I was where I was. But um, yeah, so essentially what I did was I waited for the, I was lucky because I found out I was pregnant in October. So by the time I had my three months, mm-hmm. down, I still wasn't in wedding season. So I waited yeah. my, my, it was still enough before wedding season that I was able to write to people, but some people weren't happy. And that made me feel so much worse. Some people were absolutely lovely and some people were like, oh, and some people didn't even reply to my email, just booked someone else. Oh, yeah. Oh, who knows? Maybe they were going through something themselves. Yeah, exactly. You just don't know, do you? But I think with that, you've just got to do what you feel is right for you with yeah. all of this stuff, haven't you? You've got to try and if you can, if you feel strong enough to try and sort of educate at work and put your message out there and helps to in order to help the next person, then great. If you don't feel strong enough, just survive. They do, just survive. Hmm. yeah keep your head above water and just find find that find have your have someone at work to have a pal at work who understands or knows what you're going through if it's something Mm. that you don't want to share with the workplace you know management and all of that if you've got someone who who knows then hopefully they can help protect you from yeah the shit and then if the shit happens they're there to you know for that little debrief afterwards or help you pick up the pieces and also I think that there's there's huge um power in breaking things down so don't when you go to work on a Monday don't think oh fuck I've got to work you know the whole week is stretching out in front of me just think right what do I need to do today what do I need to do in my job today to 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 get through the day or even just right, okay, I'm going to take my lunch break at 12. Therefore, I have three hours and I'm going to do what I can do. And then at 12, I'm going to have a quiet, I'm going to go for a walk, or I'm going to take my book, I'm going to read my book for an hour or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Break that time down. Don't start thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to, my next annual leave is until next August and I've got this and I've got that. Just, yeah, that would be a long time. Well, it's only next month. Oh, that's this August. Oh, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Just yeah. I think it's much easier to think I can do this for a day mm. rather than I can't do this for a week. Yeah. And then try again the next day. Or don't. Yeah. You don't have to go into work if you don't want to. And um, we always talk about enjoying and building up life around the shit stuff. So, yeah. you know, go for the run. Or have the bath, go to bed early, and eat, eat nice, decent, healthy food. It's all. This is all what we were talking about earlier about building resilience. Like that mm. is how you build your resilience, and that is it's so you know to, we can't change the way we feel, but we can work on ourselves, and the way we feel will change. And you, do, it's it's sometimes completely imperceptible how little it changes, but there are incremental changes before you notice that they're there mm-hmm. and then suddenly you'll look back and go actually I didn't my gosh I didn't feel that bad today and even so-and-so said they were pregnant or so-and-so collected for a da-da-da-da and it didn't hurt as much as it used to because you've started looking after yourself and you started doing all the things that you need to do in order to build that resilience against the triggers yeah well go forth into your workplaces and um remember if it allows 
just stick your headphones in and listen to us yeah can't think of any anything else I'd rather listen to no right singing Singing. five fat boys with the power to rock you (laughs) is it five fat boys I don't know Uh, what I thought you knew every single one I know the rap I know the raps I'll be the resident president. I'm the fifth, I'm the element. fifth element. Jim, Jim Bison, Stone, Stone Cold, oh, how I'm hitting him. Yeah. Better, Better get, get together, put your hands your in the sky. Stick them up, up punk, hit them low, hit them high. So I'm the bad boy that you, invite. you invite for dinners. Ain't got no manners because I with my fingers. Oh, yeah, this is not good. This is a delay. <laughs> I think There's no should... delay. You just don't know them as well as me. <laughs> Lost boys terrorize the neighborhood and hounds off the basketball be up to no good. So come on, come on, everybody keep checking us. Come in with the funk, bring it on, work it this. Everybody get up singing. One, two, two, three, four. There we go. I'll do the other two verses on another podcast. Oh, well, I'll look forward to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, sorry it went downhill at the end. Um, See you again. Bye-bye. Cheerio. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> that sounds perverse. <laughs> that was really creepy. Oh, <laughs>Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.